Welcome to the Flying Baton, the magical land of beginning band. Coming to you from the beautiful Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, your host, Charlie Nesmith. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Flying Baton, a podcast all about beginning band. Don't forget to stick around to the end of the episode when we have our beginning band pick of the week. Here, we dissect a piece of music that you could possibly play in your program and take a listen to it. Today's episode is all about braces. This is the second time in my adult life that I have had them. And the first time I had braces was about five years ago. And the very first thing that I did when I got them put on is I went straight to my band room and I tried every single instrument to see what worked and what didn't. Today, I've invited four band teachers who've also had braces as an adult to come onto the show and tell us what their experience is like and how they've used that experience to help their students. Before we get going, let me give you a brief introduction to the different parts of braces, which will help you understand the terminology throughout the episode, just in case you've never had them yourself. The most common types of braces that students get are metal braces. So they have these things called brackets, which can be made out of metal or ceramic, and they glue one to every single tooth. All of these brackets are then connected by a wire, which is called the arch wire. And it's held on by these very tiny little elastic bands called elastic ligatures. There are some additional things that are pretty common to attach. So one would be banding. So banding is when they put little tiny hooks on the arch wire, and then the student wears an elastic band, which is kind of about the size of a small rubber band, and it connects the upper row of teeth to the bottom row of teeth. This is used to bring down teeth that are pushed way up in the gums or to help correct some bite issues. So the cool thing about bands and hooks is the student can take out the bands when they play, which depending on where they put the bands will be a necessity because it'll probably interfere with tongue movement. The next thing that's pretty common is called a power chain. Now, a power chain sounds really intense, but it's, it's not made out of metal. It's actually made out of elastic. So it is essentially a chain link of elastic that they use to stretch over all of the brackets in a row of teeth. And what it does is it pulls the, the teeth together extremely tightly. So if someone has large gaps in their teeth, they would put a power chain on to jam all of them together. Now, one thing to note about power chains is they are extremely painful, uh, especially for about two to three days that you get them on, all of your teeth hurt so bad. So if a student plays an instrument where they have to bite pretty hard, like for clarinet or saxophone, it's going to be very painful for a few days. And I would just have them finger along because it, it does take some getting used to. And depending on how tight it is, it can hurt quite a bit to play. All right, the next thing's pretty intense. It's called a palate expander. So a palate expander is a giant piece of metal they put on the roof of the mouth, and it's designed to increase the width of the teeth. Palate expanders can be pretty intense for a wind player uh, because it, it takes up so much space inside of the mouth, and it really restricts the tongue movement. So typically when you're playing high range, you want to arch up your tongue, and you can't really do that when you have a big piece of metal up there. It can make talking difficult. It can make tonguing difficult. There's a lot of things that you can have on your braces that you get used to over time as far as playing an instrument, but a palate expander is one of those things that you generally never quite get all the way used to. Now, when the braces come off, there's a couple of different types of retainers that a patient could get. One would be a wire retainer. This is the old school. Uh, it's like a piece of plastic that lays along the roof of your mouth, and then it has a metal wire that goes across the teeth. Sometimes this is called a Holly retainer, and those aren't used very much anymore. Nowadays, most people have a plastic retainer, which is basically they make a mold of your teeth and they make a plastic shell that you slip on top. And the advantage there is that nobody can really tell that it's in there and it doesn't really affect your playing too much. It may interfere with tonguing just a little bit, depending on how they make it, but it's way better than the wire retainers. The second type of braces you can get is called Invisalign, and this is basically a plastic retainer, but it's a plastic retainer that they mold slowly over time to take your crooked teeth and then straighten them. 
You won't see this a lot in students because it's really expensive, but also it's not very good at correcting severe teeth issues. So if a student has a canine that's way up in the gums, Invisalign can't really pull that down. So the metal braces are much better about that, especially because you can attach rubber bands to them. So there's a lot of severe issues that metal braces are just better for. So you won't see Invisalign too often. But the cool thing about Invisalign, if someone has them, is you can generally take them out when you want to play and then put them back in, which is pretty cool. All right, now that you've had your crash course on orthodontics, let's hear from our guests. Hi, I'm Brenda Bressler. I'm in Michigan. I teach specifically at the Huron School District in New Boston. And I just completed year number 22 there. I teach primarily sixth through eighth grade band and choir, although over the course of those 22 years, I've taught everything from K to 12. And um, in terms of overall, you know, I have primarily band students, but I do have my group of seventh and eighth grade choir students that I love in addition to doing our school play and talent show each year. Awesome. And what is your primary instrument? I'm an oboist. Awesome. Well, actually, I, it's really awesome because I, at least for myself, when I was like playing all the instruments right after I first got my braces, oboe is actually what I struggled the most with. I, I can understand completely because in order to form that embouchure, you got to pull the teeth under and it, it, it might even put more pressure on it than a, a brass instrument, although they have the mouthpiece. So I'll give them that credit for it too. But it's definitely a struggle. When did you have your braces put on? So I would have gotten my braces put on um, in approximately 2000. I was at that time 24 years old and just getting into my career. My parents couldn't afford it when I was younger. So here I was this young teacher now making money. So I'm going to go ahead and take care of it. I got the um, regular braces, but I got the porcelain ones so that they weren't as obvious as I was smiling and things of the sort. And I still had to, you know, play in the community band in which I was a part of, church choir that I was singing. And so I found real quickly that I had a lot more information that I could suddenly give to my students because I was living it right there along with them. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of your experiences that you noticed, like right when you first got, like first put them on? What are some things that just stick out to you immediately? So the initial things are in any time that there is an adjustment is that initial pain and it's it comes out of nowhere. If one minute you're fine, you go into the orthodontist, they make in a little adjustment, which it seems, and then it's pretty intense. But what I've also noticed is that that goes away after a small period of time. And that's what I try to tell my students too, you know, in the moment it's gonna seem horrific but then it starts to it starts to wean a little bit. The other thing is that the teeth are moving and I would constantly, even when I wasn't playing my elbow, like trying to take my lips around my teeth because in my case, initially, they were trying to move my teeth forward. And so the lips are going in a different place and trying to maneuver the oboe embouchure there with it also. What I found that worked best is that after every adjustment, um, I... I can't say that I did this too well when I initially got them on, but in hindsight, when my daughters got them, I encouraged them along this ways, is that after that initial pain, after, you know, a few hours or so, when you can start to tolerate, you got to start playing a little bit because it's like an athlete who um, is recouping from an injury. You've got to start rehabbing it and getting those lips to come back around and knowing your your teeth are moving and so that your embouchure is able to um deal with these movements of teeth. Did you have any adaptations that you made along the process? Um, like I know some of my students said they've, they've put like wax in certain areas of their teeth or. 
Yeah, you know, I was never, I, I did not use wax comfortably. And it could be because of the oboe amateur and pulling that those lips over them created quite a bit of moisture inside there. So I tried the wax, the wax didn't work well. Um, I had, I recommended to students, it came out maybe, uh, probably 2005 or a little bit later, but there was this bumper guard to put over them. And I thought by that time, my braces were off and I thought, oh my gosh, this looks like a wonderful thing. It was this little piece of plastic tubing they put over it. And I had a student try it. And again, it didn't seem to work very well in terms of trying to create that sponge or whatnot. So basically the best thing was each time finding where that embouchure needed to go. And I, my brass embouchure is off pink to, to the side now a little bit because of how I adjusted with it. And my students will call me out on it. And I just tell them it's, it's like with anything, you know, it's just your little uniqueness and try to keep it as centered as possible. But I do find that I play my uh, brass mouthpieces just off of center. Just have them look up some videos of Sachmo playing. Exactly, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> So did you have anything like um, any sort of special brackets or uh, did you go through banding or power chaining or anything like that? You know, I, the, where I was in my time with my braces, I did not. However, my daughters, I have a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old who are both my band students and both went through braces. My youngest one had an expander on the top. And it literally was keeping her teeth in this position. Luckily, she was younger and it was even pre-recorder because I don't know how in the world we could have worked through that. But she ended up having a lot of the bands also. My oboe player, the bands for herself. And the biggest thing with that, again, encouraging them, let's keep on trying and let's keep on practicing here with it, is that from time to time, they would snap off and go flying across the room. But that's with anything. And, um, you know, it didn't seem to give them too much of a trouble. In my experience, the problem sometimes comes up after the braces come off and students are wearing their retainers and they're following their orthodontist instructions to wear it as often or whenever they need to. And especially like flute players, Mrs. Bressler, I've got this retainer in and I can't articulate because I can't get my tongue against the back of my teeth. And so we talk through it and because each student again is individual. Well, what are the doctor's suggestions for it? Okay, well, you're allowed to take it out at small times. Okay, how about we take it out for a little bit here when we're working on our sheet music and just, just trying to be flexible with it also. For oboe specific playing, what playing techniques were the hardest to achieve or was it just endurance? It was definitely the endurance. That's what I was going to say, because your lip bombature, your lip muscles have to be so intact. That top lip ends up just losing all of its um, durability and it's flopping out and, and all sorts of things when you're playing. And so the big thing was keeping the endurance on that top lip. And that's where I would at times find myself, you know, on my prep hour or in the evening grading papers, just pulling that top lip up over my teeth to try and strengthen that and get that dependent, that um, strengthen it again. The corners, not so much from it. The bottom lip, a little bit, but with the oboe, you're putting a, just a tiny bit of pressure on it. It's totally coming from the top lip. So that would have been the greatest one. Yeah, I think like like my experience with oboe is like I I just had so much trouble getting enough lip around the giant mass that was my braces to yeah feel like the reed was just contacting a completely different part of the lip than it normally did and it just made it really difficult to like to get in a position that was comfortable. 
I would agree. And, you know, I feel like I developed an articulation where the read was further in than it needed to be because as um, in college, we're talking about always on the tip, on the tip, on the tip. And then I felt like, like you said, in order to get it in just the right spot, I was taking in almost too much read, which gives you that honky, horrible sound. And then the articulations come in in the middle of the read instead of up on the tip also there with it. I would agree. Now, when you're playing other instruments, um, did you have any particular instruments you thought were really challenging with the braces? Well, at that time, uh, I wouldn't say one in particular, but I found my love for the trombone at that time because the mouthpiece was larger and it could sit around my braces. And since then, trombone is in my number two spot. Love it. Baritone, uh, trombone, you name it. Those bigger mouthpieces, that's for me. (laughs) No no love for percussion? (laughs) Always the love for percussion. <laughs> I had to throw that in there with this big marimba behind me. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what kind of adjustments do you feel like you had to make when the braces finally came off? The absence of having that there on was very kind of strange. It's like suddenly something that you had grown accustomed to and always knew was there was gone. And so it, it almost felt like my teeth, too, were very slippery. And again, holding that oboe embouchure and that top lip there, I felt like it was dropping at times and I would have to kind of pick it up um, as it went through. I also, once I had my braces off, was finding that working with like clarinet, saxophone, because you put putting those teeth on top. In the beginning, those teeth were very sensitive because of the pressure of taking the braces off. So I wanted to shy away from those as much as possible, but knowing I needed to, I needed to put those teeth on top and again, follow my own advice so that I was giving my students, let's work through this in small increments and keep it going forward with it. Yeah. Have you had any, um, in particular student experiences with braces that stand out to you? You know, we always have uh, students that are working on different things in terms of articulation or in terms of their orthodontics things. And the biggest thing that comes up with that is their articulation and encouraging them, you know, continue to be striking the tongue against the back of the teeth or against the reed. So that continues. Um, not one in particular that shoots out from my brain. But we did, one of my former students, when he went up to high school, because of some different things, actually a clarinet player had to have his mouth wired shut for a short period of time during marching band. And man, that just, he was in 10th grade at that point and just kind of really brought him down. And we just kept encouraging him. We're like, you know what? It's marching band season. Let's concentrate right now on marching. And he always had great work ethic and he would always have his clarinet right there. I call it silent practicing, going through the things. That was probably the toughest one that we couldn't come up with a solution to as my high school partner and I were talking because there literally was no way to work around that. Luckily, it wasn't as long as expected. And again, it was during marching season, during the summer months, the parents, two thumbs up, were thinking about that also. And so by about mid-September, he was able to start. And that was a little bit of a startup process again for him also, because he had been off the clarinet for a while. But not 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 too hard of a, a get back up because he w- was a little bit older by that point. Yeah, it's really amazing to me how differently everyone responds to it. Um, for example, I had a girl on trumpet who uh, was just a phenomenal trumpet player, and she had a, a huge solo coming up in our spring concert, and she had 
prices off five days before. <sighs> and I was like, what on earth are you thinking? <laughs> like, exactly. But you know, yeah. she went out and then played her solo and it was awesome. And like, and it was, it's funny. Cause like listening to her in class, like the day they came off, it was like, nothing happened, you know? And, and it, she was one of the few players I've had who both getting the braces on and getting them off seemed to make like no appreciable difference in her trumpet playing just, and it was fine. And then I've had other people who it completely wrecks their playing and they have a very long adjustment period. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes if it comes at the wrong time also, then you have a student who's struggling near the end of the year because they got braces on and they think, oh, I can't play anymore. And so they just, they don't um, enroll in band class the next year. And I always tell the kids um, when they come in with their braces, they're like, well, what instrument should I play? Or mom says, Johnny's getting braces in six months. What do you recommend? And I tell them anything, go and play the instrument that you want because we can work around it. We can adjust things and, you know, always keep on going, keep on working towards it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's great to just keep encouraging them to keep going. Cause a lot of times, you know, it just, it's, they have to maybe learn a few things uh, over again, but with the persistence, they'll be just fine. Exactly. Absolutely. And, you know, I think back to my own daughters and in terms of their playing, my oboe player, she just kind of followed right along as I was telling her because, hey, mom had had the same experience. My youngest daughter was playing tuba. So again, the bigger mouthpiece, not making a huge difference on her as she got in there with the orthodontic work also. So sometimes it's the timing, like your trumpet player. Some kids would have been like five days before, oh, that I give my solo to somebody else. Kudos to her for just rocking it out there. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Uh, my name is Nicole Rubis. I currently teach at Rocky Top Middle School in Thornton, Colorado. Um, I actually have transitioned. I'm teaching orchestra now, but I taught band and instrumental music uh, back in Minnesota for the last 20 years prior. Um, everything from fifth through 12th grade, mostly high school. Well, by the time I quit, it was probably half middle school, half high school. Um, but the last nine years I was there was working with beginners, which was super fun. So at what point in your life did you get braces? Uh, it was about three years ago. So I was 40 years old and getting braces for the first time in my life, which was odd, but necessary. And you had Invisalign, is that right? Uh, I did Invisalign. I had actually just been in for a checkup and my dentist had looked at me and said, you know, you'd be a really great candidate for Invisalign because I was having a lot of issues with crowding and that kind of thing. And I was like, uh, okay. Awesome. And do you still have them or are they off at this point? No, um, I don't have them anymore. Uh, at this point, I just have a retainer that I wear to bed. I only had to do it for like eight months. Wow. That is super quick. It was, it, it went really fast. Even the dentist was kind of impressed with how fast they moved, so. What was your experience the first time you picked up your instrument? What was that ad adaptation process like for you? Um, with the clarinet, it was really interesting because my top trays actually had a bite guard on them. So they had these protrusions behind the teeth. So I couldn't close my mouth all the way. But that also meant that I couldn't put my actual front teeth on the mouthpiece or the embouchure. So, and I played clarinet in a um, community band. So I was playing, you know, several hours a week of just my primary. 
And so that was a little bit of an adjustment. And I ended up playing with some different mouthpieces a little bit to kind of figure out which worked best. And I did have to change it up for a little bit. Um, so I was bracing it against the little bite guards more than my actual teeth. So then turning around and having to explain to my beginners, by the way, you need to have your teeth on the mouthpiece, even though I can't do that for you right now. This is what it should be. How long did it take you to adapt your playing? It took a few weeks. And then with the Invisalign, but then it hit a point where you were putting in new trays every week. And so it was like, my mouth was always sore. <laughs> this is actually my second time having braces. I did have the plastic retainers for a while. How are, how are the plastic retainers different than Invisalign? Uh, the plastic retainers seemed thinner. And like I said, so Invisalign had like the little spikes that they had to hook the, the trays hooked on. Um, so, and I unfortunately had a spike like, right in the middle of my front tooth. So when I go to teach like trumpet lessons or tr any of the brass instruments, it was a little painful for a while. After a while, I kind of built up like a little callus type, you know, but I lost my range for a while. When I was to just the retainer, it was a lot easier. And like my range came back with the brass because there wasn't this like spike poking into my lip. Aside from the bike guards and clarinet, did you feel like, did you try any other adaptations like wax or like plastic guards or anything like that to help with some of the instruments? Um, I didn't personally, but I know with my students, I had gotten at Midwest one year, like a whole pile of those sample bumper things that you can put over braces. And so I had started handing those out to some of my high school students. And I tell you, they came back asking me for more. Uh, do you know, remember what they're called? Or can, I guess, can I just Google like braces bumpers? Did they have a specific brand? You know, I don't remember because that was actually quite a while ago. But they looked, they looked like little plastic. You could probably Google it. It looked like just little plastic tubes and they kind of wrapped like this, the normal braces. They kind of wrapped around them. Yeah, I don't know. My trumpet players loved them. So you're on the plastic retainer. What is your experience like when the Invisalign came out? Do you play with a plastic retainer in or do you take it off when you play now? Um, well, I don't, I only wear the retainer when I'm sleeping now. Oh, okay. So, so um, let's see, after the eight months with the Invisalign, I had to do another six months with just the retainer. Um, and I would play with the retainer in. Did so, you had a pretty easy transition from Invisalign to when you stopped using Invisalign or was there like another adjustment period after that? I think it was pretty easy because I don't remember really going through anything. So if anything, it might have felt just a little bit better and I had to work a little bit less. <laughs> yeah, because I haven't had the Invisalign, but I did do the plastic retainers for a while. And I felt like with most instruments, like you could adapt pretty, pretty well keeping it in. Um, the only the only issue that I ran into was actually with with single reeds and a little bit with brass. But um, when you're tonguing that like there can be plastic in the back that like it like kind of pulls saliva, but it also prevents your tongue from moving as fluidly as you want it to. Did you experience any of that? I personally didn't, but I have had students that have had issues with that. Yes. Uh, well, speaking of students, have you had any um, experiences with students that like, like stick out or come to mind when you think of students dealing with braces? Um, it totally depended on what kind. Um, the kids with your traditional braces, the brass players would have a bigger adjustment time period. 
um, where they'd come in and be, they'd sore, but once they got past that like initial soreness, they seemed to adapt okay. It was, and then it was just every time they got in to have them readjusted and tightened and then their mouth was hurting again. It was like, I can't really. And I'm like, that's fine. And it was fun. Um, by going through this myself too, I felt like I could connect with my kids and had a better idea of what they were going through. So I was maybe a little bit more empathetic with them than I may have been in the past. And I think it helped me like understand what they were going through to figure out how to make adjustments for them as well. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, my name is Brian Mailer. I teach at Esac County Middle School in Northwest Iowa. Uh, it's located in Stack City, Iowa, which is about two hours northwest of Des Moines. Uh, we're a school district of approximately 900 kids total. Um, and uh, I've been teaching at the middle school. I just finished up my third year at the middle school. I've taught in this district for 21 years, uh, but our middle school director retired about three years ago, and um, I, I like the idea of moving to the middle school and getting rid of some of those pet bands and marching bands, and um, so I did that. Um, I had taught beginners and middle schoolers for several years previous to that, um, the, the town I live in, uh, when I when I started here, it was just the Sac City School, and then we consolidated with a uh, with a neighboring school. And uh, when that consolidated, I went to be the high school director for a few years and came back. So I I have several years of teaching uh, beginners and middle schoolers uh, under my belt, and uh, I've enjoyed the transition back to uh, doing it. The the kids at that age are just so full of energy and questions. Uh, it's it's a challenge, and I, and I really really like it. Same here. I, I love the age group. Um, yeah. What is your primary instrument? Trumpet. Awesome. And when did you get braces? Uh, it was about 15 years ago. I was in my early 30s. Um, and it was just the good old standard regular braces. Um, you know, I had pretty, pretty crooked teeth at the time and um, had gone to see the dentist. He said, you know, we can still do something about that. And I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to take care of that. And uh, so, so I did it. And I, 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 I had talked with them quite a bit about, you know, I, I teach band and I play the trumpet. Um, and at that time I was playing in a local uh, dance band too, uh, you know, in the summers mostly. Um, and so I was kind of worried about my ability to play while I was wearing them. And he said, well, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough thing for a lot of people. And he was a musician himself. And, uh, uh, you know, myself having taught beginners and, and middle schoolers and even high schoolers who had had braces at that point, I know the struggles that they had gone through, but I hadn't experienced them personally. Um, so it was it was an interesting thing. And, and I kind of talked with them about how long I was going to have to have them. And it only ended up being about 14 or 15 months total. And so my plan kind of was to... Um, not really worry about how much playing I could get done while I had them on and more worry about what it was going to be like once I got them off. What was your experience like when you, when you had them first put on and you tried to play your trumpet for the first time? I could barely hit uh, second line G. Uh, it was just, you know, uh, and again, this is something I, I talked to the kids that I have uh, who, who go through this, you know, you're, you're looking for a feel that you've always had and uh, that feel you can't achieve it. It's not going to be there. And so you have to judge upon sound and not feel, you know, what sounds the best. And, and some, sometimes I'll even, uh, I, I took it 
for myself as a chance to kind of correct old things that I had done wrong. I always kind of played off to the side and, you know, a lot more top lip than bottom lip. And so I, I took this as kind of a chance to uh, reset that. And so that's kind of the, the approach that I, I take with uh, kids to, you know, hey, you're going to struggle with this for a little bit, um, but it's a good chance to maybe correct some things that we've overlooked. About how long did it take you to feel like you got back to a, a reasonable place on your instrument? Uh, after I got the braces off, I would say it was several months. It was several months, um, you know, and, and I, I tend to play all day long with the kids. You know, I, I'm not one of these guys who has every instrument uh, laid out, you know, and I pick up a clarinet with clarinet, a flute with flutes. I, I just transpose on the trumpet. So I tend to play all day long. Um, and so, you know, playing pretty much all day long, I would say it still took me a good four or five months before I really had a decent command of the, the range that I, I should have to play along with kids. Now, when you had your braces on, did you try any adaptations like wax or plastic liners or anything on the braces to make it more comfortable? No, no. Uh, honestly, it was, uh, I, I just played it a few times, I, a few times, you know, it was probably uh, several times to kind of, kind of feel what it was like and uh, notice the struggle and that sort of thing. But my, 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 my main goal was just get through it. I, during that time that I had them on, I did a lot of singing and lessons instead of playing with the kids. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I, I took a year off from playing with the little group that I played with and they were nice enough to keep my spot for when I got back. And, and uh, my, I honestly, I didn't play a ton when I had them on because of the, I just knew I wasn't going to be in them long. Why, why well, try to fight that when I'm going to have another struggle in another 12 to 15 months? Would you say that your playing is back to as good as it was before you had the braces put on? Probably not. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, to be fair, I, I used to play a lot more too. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't gig anymore. I don't play with any groups, uh, you know, and uh, uh, you know, of course, you know, you have the college experience where you're playing constantly, you know, I don't, I don't do that anymore. So, and a lot of my day now is just, playing along with simple stuff with middle schoolers, you know, all kind of nice and neat right on the staff. And, you know, I certainly don't have the range I once did. Uh, I never had great endurance, but it's certainly not what it, what it was either. So, you know, but uh, again, I, I can get through a day of playing with the kids. Yeah. Do you feel like the experience of having braces has made you a better teacher? Question. Without question. You know, I, <clears throat> and I've kind of adapted that same, mindset with the kids who who get it they'll come to me before i had them myself when a kid to me came to me and said hey i'm gonna get braces i thought oh no what are we gonna do here you know and now uh, i well first of all i've i've learned that unlike me a lot of kids they come back after the first couple of days and the the pain of all the tension and that sort of thing once that's worn off they can play every bit as good as they could before they had the braces, you know, there are some kids who, who are that way. And then there's others who were like me and just can't hardly play a lick, you know, and, yeah. and I, and I can, I can look them in the eye and say, Hey, I've been where you've been and we, we can get through this. You know, you got to take your time and, and play long tones and lip slurs and, and uh, you know, judge sound, not feel because that feels not going to be there. Yeah. And I, I think young kids might have the benefit of not having decades of muscle memory to like kind of exactly. learn and that can be really difficult it, it's funny because I've had so like so much different experiences with students like I've had 
students who play trumpet, for example, that when they get braces on, they can't play a single note and never recover until the braces come off. And I've had other students who get braces put on three days before a concert that they have a solo and they're fine. I'm like, how, yeah. how can you even do that right now? Like what power do you possess that you can do that in the same week as a concert and be fine? It's just like everything else we do uh, teach in band, you know, it's so individualized, you know, you, you can't just follow a book and say, well, here's what we do day one. Here's what we do day two. You know, each kid's different and you adapt. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for joining me today. You bet. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. So I'm, uh, my name is Aaron Carnahan. I, I uh, teach sixth grade through 12th grade band and orchestra um, at a K-12 charter school in Aurora, Colorado. So this in the fall will be my fourth year teaching and fourth year at the school. If you can count uh, the last half of this past year as, as a full year. Um, and so we'll, we'll see what happens moving forward. Yeah. And what is your primary instrument? Uh, French horn. So when did you get your braces? Um, so it was early 2016. So just before I started teaching, um, I originally wasn't going to because it would stop, you know, my, my horn playing pretty heavily, but I was in a car accident that caused some damage. So I was like, well, I can't play anyway, so I might as well do that. Um, so I had the braces on just before I started teaching. And then about a year in, I, uh, you know, missed playing of course, at the level that I, that I was able to. And so we swapped to Invisalign. Um, and I did that for about a year and my teeth hate me and were pulling back on the Invisalign. So we had to switch back. So I've had the best of both worlds on that front. So I've had a lot of experience with different dental <laughs> orthodontic stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And not everyone can do the Invisalign. Like I can't, I have the metal ones right here. Oh, there you go. Yep. Yep. And I think a lot of people think that Invisalign can is is a replacement for anything, but it it only works in some cases. Like if your if your teeth have to move up and down, it doesn't do anything for that really. Yep. You need like the the actual metal things. Yep. It's a shame. So when you first had the the metal ones put on, um, what were your experiences trying to play for the first time? Oh boy. I mean, for the first couple of days, it was like uh, it was like I had never played before you know you you um i mean it was it was like a complete reset so you know it gave me quite a, a lot of insight into uh what it's like to just start an instrument or, or or even for beginners who have only been playing for a year six months to to do that um of course after a few weeks of regular practice so you you are able to get um a good chunk of of the performance ability back but um yeah it was a it was a huge reset would you say that you regained uh all of the skill that you had beforehand or did it never quite come to the same level never um you know a, a lot of it was due to the accident i was in I, I um split my lip pretty bad so i lost a lot of that function there but um I've been able to get probably like 60% back. Uh, a lot of where it's gone is flexibility. You know, I can, I can hit most of the range I was able to, you know, the, the very, very high end is, is um, iffy, but I'm not nearly as, as capable of, of, you know, 
moving across the range as as I used to be. Um, and then there are certain um, there are certain partials that, for whatever reason, and and I imagine this kind of thing is probably different with everybody. Um, but there are certain partials that now, if I move between those for whatever reason, it's there's like some weird barrier there that that it's a lot of trouble. Even even just like a normal range, yeah, it it becomes very difficult for some reason. Did you make any like? Uh, have any adaptations like I, I know some people put wax in their braces or like a plastic guard over them when they're when they're playing their instrument did you try any of those things i did a little bit but um that seemed to be a uh not a permanent solution just because they're not permanent um devices anyway you know whereas the braces are fairly permanent and so I figured, okay, well, if I did the wax, I'd have to adjust to that. And then if I replaced the wax, that's a different shape again, just from that. And so I just decided I'll, I'll wax where it, you know, it really needs to. Cause yeah, you got the standard things where, you know, it's trying to <laughs> slice into your face. Um, but otherwise I just kind of dealt with it as far as that goes. I didn't use any guards or anything like that. Gotcha. Did they put any um any like power chains or pallet expanders or any of that additional stuff in? Um, I did have the pallet expander, and boy, I, I actually only got that out um a couple weeks ago, actually. Um, so for the longest time, I wasn't you know I I can say e now e, uh, it's fantastic. Before it was uh uh. Um, I'm going to bet you, you know, it's terrible. Um, so yeah, I had the expander and honestly, I think for a lot of it, the expander was worse than the actual braces just cause I mean, it messes with your air and, and you can't do half of what you could do with your tongue before. Yeah. I imagine with like high range tongue position, especially like, have you seen that x-ray video of someone mm -hmm. form and, or I guess maybe yep. MRI. And right, they go up the range and in the high range, their tongue is almost touching the roof of their mouth. It's, yeah. And that's right where the pallet expander sits, you know. Yeah, it's terrible, and so it just gets it completely in the way. And so, so even even when I was able to like kind of play and mess around with some stuff to get the range back, intonation was a you know that was one thing where I was like, okay, I in order to keep myself sane and not, um, you know, not beat myself up for not being able to do what I used to be able to do, I had to be like, okay, intonation for now, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to ignore until I get this thing out and then I can start relearning that. Um, cause boy, and, and it, and it seems so arbitrary cause you know, on, on some notes, you know, for like this range, I'd be fine and it would be great and I could get it and I'd feel good. And then I'd hit this range and it would be like a nightmare wash. And then I'd hit this range and it's like all of a sudden pure and lovely again. And, and, and then, and then a week later as the teeth moved, that would change. And so, yeah. <laughs> As far as other instruments go, did you find any other instruments particularly challenging to play with the braces? Um, not challenging, just I'd get tired more, you know. So obviously with with that, with the addition of braces, I was like, well, you know, this is a, a grand old time to, to get good at some secondaries. Um, picked up a lot of clarinet, you know, obviously as, as I, was, I was a band guy originally and, and taught orchestra, so I took that chance to get really good at, at um those instruments and so well relatively um but with with woodwinds uh except for flute flute 
flute's a dream, honestly. It was I'm I'm just as bad at flute on braces as I was without braces. But but woodwinds, clarinet, saxophone, it was fine. It was easy. I could do all of that I could do. I just had to take breaks more because it was it got exhausting after a while. So yeah, that was it though. Everything else was was way easy, honestly. Well, when you finally uh well, did you get your braces off? You said um you had Invisalign for a while. Is mm-hmm. that I haven't had Invisalign. Is that something that you can take out when you want to play and then put back in? Yeah. And so when I got the braces off and, and I got the Invisalign on, um, it was, you know, I was hoping, you, logically, you kind of know that's not the case, but I was dreaming, okay, I'm going to get these braces off and all of a sudden my old form is going to return. And of course, that's not the case. You have to relearn that because your mouth has changed shape and your lips are are not what they were um and so yeah when when you have the invisalign in you can you want them in absolutely as much as possible um but i would take them out to to practice but after a while i would just leave them into practice because they are flush enough and and i was relearning anyway so it wasn't um it wasn't too detrimental to just leave them in while i played um after a while anyway and you get used to that um and then you know, I definitely noticed you have to relearn a lot, but yeah, the flexibility braces just, they just destroy that. Well, have you had any uh, like extraordinary student stories as far as braces goes? Like anything that sticks out out of the ordinary? Nothing crazy, um, but mostly just because if, if anything that having braces taught me, it's that you can play any instrument um, as, uh, you know, to, to, uh, I think braces kind of put a cap on it, but you can play any of them. And so with, with the students, it's mostly just been, they'll, they'll try to come to you and and I can't play with braces. It's terrible. And, and honestly, it truly, it really does suck, but you can do it. You just have to be open to the, to the fact that they need to take breaks way more often um, that they, they, you know, they just need to. And as long as you do what you can to create the culture of, um, you know, making the kids want to play, they'll, they'll break when they need to, but they'll, they'll jump in. You know, there's always those kids who are, they'll use anything as an excuse to, to stop. Oh, I got braces, so I can't do it. You know, oh, I have a sore throat. I can't play today. Um, and, and so as long as the culture's right, then, you know, so I've had, I've had dozens at this point of kids who come in through and, and they didn't have braces and they got them on and, and a couple even in high school and it, sucks and and it's exhausting and and um i think the worst effect it has on kids is it's demoralizing for the same reason that it was for me is that you could i i sounded great two weeks ago and now you know i'm i'm sounding like a moose again and so just being able to to try to convince them to accept that and know that they can take breaks like look it'll come back to some extent but you gotta you got to just not because otherwise, yes, it will <laughs> damage your lips and, and, and tear into them. And I have made the mistake a couple of times when I when I tried to brute force it. And so, yeah. Yeah. One of my uh, previous guests likened it to being an athlete and getting a major injury. Yeah. You know, if you like tear your ACL or something like, yeah, it sucks. And you're not going to be able to do any of the things you could do before for a while. Mm-hmm. But if you keep working through your injury, you can still enjoy the craft that you love it's just yeah. some time and some rehabilitation too. yeah it really is like 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 uh physical therapy there you have to 
um, you have to treat it incrementally and, and you have to give yourself a break. You have to accept it ain't, it ain't nobody's fault and, and do what you can and um, move slowly, take breaks, but uh, stay persistent because uh, as usual, if, if you give up for a week, then the week after that, when you're like inspired again to do it, all of a sudden you have all that work to do again. And so, yeah. Do you feel like having braces has made you a better teacher? Oh yes. Any, anything that, that can, um, you, you know, you try to, to, to keep an open mind all the time and, and, um, so that you can kind of understand the experiences as best you can, but anything that like there, there is no doubt that you now have that experience that you can share with the student. Um, because the, the most important aspect of teaching is, is building the, the relationships. And so if you can, if you can show that you know what, what's up and, and that you understand and you can empathize, um, there's little less convincing than, yeah, man, I know what you're going through. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah, I remember like before, like I, before I had braces, I, and I had, I didn't have them in my youth. So a student would come up to me and they like, say they were like a clarinet player. And they're like, hey, I just had a power chain put on. I can't play. And I'm like, I would have no idea what any of those terms even meant. Like, I right. know what power chain even was. And I'd be like, well, just try, you know, mm-hmm. breaks when you need to. And that's, that's all I can say. And now I know exactly how painful it is to play clarinet for like three days after getting oh, a power chain put on. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's just like, like every tooth hurts. Every tooth hurts. It's like, yeah, it's really intense. So now if a kid's like, I just had a power chain put on, I'm like, okay, great. You're going to use fingers for two days. Yeah. And then start trying to play. <laughs> like, there's no point subjecting, subjecting yourself to that level of pain right, right. now. Uh, you, you can give it a couple days, but then you do need to start. start mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And, 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 and that's a big thing is that, okay, like I totally understand you got your breaks. This is, what, this is what's going to happen. You're going to feel this. You just got to promise me that, that you'll try when you can, because otherwise you're going to hate yourself, you know, weeks from now when you have adjusted and you didn't like kind of push through it. You know, my, my sister recently had a, had a fall off of a horse and, and um, has been going through some physical therapy on her own. And, you know, when, what you want to do is sit there and rest, of course, any physical therapist is going to tell you, nope, to some extent, you got to spend some time doing the activity. Otherwise, Otherwise you'll lose it. And, and they got to do the same thing, not as much. And you have to be very careful about it. Um, but you gotta, you know, I, I, when, when my beginners start on their instruments, I have to let them know. I'm like, look, folks, our faces are not designed to do what we're about to train them to do. You have to accept that, that you're going to make some weird farting sounds and that that is the point. And you just bring that same discussion up when they get braces on. You're like, look, this is going to happen again. And you, you remember what you did from when you first picked up that instrument to now you can do it again. Um, and it won't be as hard this time. Yeah, for sure. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's a good discussion to have. You know what time it is. This week's pick is On the Edge of the Sword by David Schaefer, published by Barnhouse. Since today's episode is all about braces, I decided to pick a piece with some metal in it. This piece starts out with fire right out of the gate. The band has some really sharply accented notes while the snare drummer and the tom player have a little duet that builds intensity right off the bat. Then the main theme comes in with a healthy amount of syncopation. It's really good at teaching how to get off of the eighth rest fast enough when you're playing upbeats. Mm-hmm. 
Up next, we have some huge dynamic swells with an angry punctuative response. This piece has a ton of long tone dynamics. parts of this piece is actually the ballad that's in the middle. It modulates to 3-4 and it has a ton of swells that set the mood. There's some really tasty unexpected counterpoint that I never get sick of. You'll want a very confident vibraphone player to play the solo part. It's not difficult but it needs to be heard over the entire band doing swells. To finish off the piece, all of the themes come together at the end for a really exciting finish. There are split parts in the clarinet, trumpet, and sax sections. The clarinet one part plays over the break quite a bit, and the clarinet two part doesn't at all. The trumpet one part, the highest note is a D in the staff, and the trumpet two part only goes up to a B flat in the staff. You'll need six percussionists to play all the parts as written, and of course you can double up if you have more. This is one of my kids' favorite pieces a few years ago, and they really enjoyed it, and I know your kids will as well. To buy this piece or listen to it in its entirety, check out the show notes on theflyingbaton.com. This has been... Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. We really appreciate it. If you haven't checked us out on Facebook, please feel free to go over there and give our page a like. It would really help spread the news and spread the word about the show. We're still in our infancy and we're growing like crazy. So thank you so much for all the support. We can't wait to bring you some more episodes. I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on The Flying Baton. Remember, may your tone be dark and your humor light.